recording? Yep. Yay. That means we finally got it to work. Hello? Jeffrey. Hey, dude. Hey, hey. How y'all doing? <laughs> Good. Sorry about the false start on the offense. I was having a problem connecting the, the yeah. podcast unit. He wanted to use the full No, I figured that you, Yeah, I was using or putting my AirPods in. I don't use them all, but not, I was like, is it something I'm doing? I'm answering the phone wrong. I wasn't sure what was going on, but <laughs> sounds like we're all good. Yeah, those things are amazing, man. They're so convenient to have, and they sound pretty darn good. I mean, honestly, if you held your phone up to your head, it wouldn't sound any better than it does right now. So they're super awesome. That's, I, I do really enjoy them. Mine seem to fall out of my ears a little bit every now and then, so I may need to try yeah, mine too. Something, nope. something there. But Maybe you got small anyway, ear holes. That could be. If you just put some sandpaper in your ear holes, use the sticky kind on the inside of your ears, it'll keep them in. <laughs> a little sandpaper? All yeah, right. That works. <laughs> Pro tip. All right, man. Um, yeah, we wanted to touch base. We, we ran into you at the AG Cup. Uh, awesome performance, by the way. And the finale. Yeah. yeah, we were, Appreciate we sh- it. Yeah, we shot with you at the finale. Um, mm-hmm. That was super awesome to see. And got to thinking, man, I really don't know anything about this guy. I can tell he's a super <laughs> nice guy and, and lots of people like him. Um, maybe that's because he shoots real well. And then when I shot with you, I was like, <laughs> yep, he shoots yeah. really well. Um, but he's also a nice guy. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he likes to take air guns from people. Yeah. No, you didn't earn I, that, I didn't earn it. I didn't yeah. earn it. Yeah. Should have shot faster. Yeah, no, you shouldn't I have did, missed. I, hey, that offer still stands, man. I have a night force for you. If you just got those two checks, we'll do a swippy spot. I was actually, right before y'all called, I was looking on their, their website, <laughs> the air gun scene, seeing what accessories I need and stuff. I think I've got five offers for that air gun already. I uh, bet. Yeah, the cool thing. So It doesn't exist. So tell, tell us about the stage that you won, Jeff, and then we'll piggyback on talking about that that air gun because utah air guns showed up and and they had all kinds of air rifles out there for us to shoot it was awesome they just love to come out and hang out at the ag cup so i want to give them a little support and shout out so tell us about that stage real quick all right yeah it was a 500 yard mover and it was off of the rocks there was kind of a i guess a rock pile there were five rocks and it was just five positions i guess one or two rocks were kind of low two were sort of medium and then the one was kind of where you're standing so um it was just two shots from the five rocks so yeah i got down there and shot the first two and then moved two again and do that for for a total of 10 shots uh, all at that 500 yard mover to yeah, like the rock what, pyramid what was your time on that the rock i want to say 71 maybe no, it was 71 faster than that. it was 54 was it 55? Okay. It was 54 because okay. i was 44 <laughs> I knew right. Francis yeah, would remember, right. and I dropped yeah, one. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I had ten seconds, yeah. and I still would have won. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. Yeah, I, and I had no clue that was to even win an air gun when they brought that thing up to me. I, I was stunned. I was like, I won this. I, I had no idea. But um, yeah, I still don't think that would have changed how I uh, how I shot it. I was no. not really going for any stage wins this this weekend. I was just trying to shoot solid. It just happened a couple times. Yeah, that's that's when you know things are, are running right when you accidentally win a thousand dollars in a three thousand dollar air rifle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Super awesome. So, so your hometown is not too far from K and M. Is that your home range? I'm I'm right at four hours away. So oh boy, that's a waste. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of my home range just because there's really not anything else like it nearby i'm right at three hours from alabama precision 
a, full, a little over four hours to, to cool acres. So everything's, yeah, three to four you hours. You said there's um, nothing like it close by, but there's nothing like it in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, as I said that, I was like, yeah, that's going to sound really bad. Yes. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound bad. I just want people to know yeah. if they so, haven't been there, they have to go. Are yes. you on the eastern side of Tennessee slash North Carolina? I'm kind of, yeah, down, I'm basically in between, right on the border, in between um, Nashville and Atlanta, kind of in the southeastern oh, okay. portion of Tennessee. So, yeah, if I drive five minutes from my house, I can be in North Georgia. But, yeah, probably another 20 minutes I could get to, yeah, I could get close to North Carolina pretty, pretty, uh, well, it's a little ways away. But, yeah, I'm definitely southeastern corner of, uh, of Tennessee. That makes sense. Yeah, so how did so I I heard your name last year winning a couple of club matches and did you win your first pro match last year? Yeah, last year at uh, Gunline, the Magnolia Meltdown. Oh, yeah. I guess that was in August of last year. That was yeah, the first first time I uh, I won a match. Yeah, that was that was pretty fantastic. I was I was battling with Shannon. That was one of probably Shannon's last matches that that he shot and we just happened to be in the same squad and um yeah after day one i think i was four four or five ahead of him and and yeah going into day two i was definitely a little nervous but that was fun to battle with him so shannon does shoot (laughs) (laughs) he's a heck of a shooter i shot with him at arizona match before it was fun yeah, he only dropped two two shots that day too. He was uh, putting pressure on me, so it was it was fun to uh, yeah battle that battle so, out that day. So where does your shooting uh, career start? Like, where does your yeah. shooting? When do you get into long range shooting? Yeah, I I just kind of stumbled into this probably about four years ago. I um I kind of grew up tennis was kind of my main sport growing up, uh, real competitive at that, and then. Uh, I, I didn't really enjoy that once I got past college. Switched to golf. Golf was kind of my big passion. I know Francis uh, kind of was big into that for a while. And um, had a bad injury, was not able to play golf anymore, and, and was just kind of looking for, for something to do and be competitive at. My brother, who was a year older than me, he lived out in Dallas. I just happened to be visiting him one weekend. He took me shooting because he was pretty big into rifles and and just guns in general and we did a little bit of long range stuff i was like man this is i mean hitting steel targets at seven eight hundred yards i never knew anything about that it's like yeah i think this would be something you'd be good at and this is your brother-in-law you said my brother how does your brother even know about yeah how do how have we not shot with your brother he actually died last year oh i'm sorry to hear that yeah just he was a raging alcoholic uh, a whole other story but yeah he he died last year that was kind of tails into where that was when i started getting super serious i really wanted to win a match and then once he he kind of passed away i was like all right i'm i'm up in the practice and everything we're gonna win one of these and Mm -hmm. and that's when i got yeah kind of really super serious about it but um but yeah back to that i just kind of he took me shooting and and i just loved it i was like man this is so much fun i mean I, i love numbers and math and, and trying to do you know, velocities and conditions and just it seemed like something that would be really really fun and once i got back to, to chattanooga i've looked up and it's like okay k&m they have classes i went took a class at k&m and and then shot a competition i guess a month after that and then just kind of dove headfirst into that 
right after that. So, so you said you liked the, the numbers and and the the math and stuff behind it. I'm always curious what people do outside living, of shooting. Yeah. Like, what's your day job? If you don't mind us sharing it, it's fine if you don't. But. Oh yeah, no, I actually uh, for the last probably yeah, 10, 12 years, I'm a tennis instructor. So it doesn't really have anything. Really, to do that with is so cool. Okay. Yeah, so body yep, mechanics yep. are. I was just. I'm trying to pick the brains of everybody <laughs> that, that just seems to go through this really quickly, and that makes a lot of sense to to me to, me, to us at this point. So absolutely, we're so gonna the, get, I'm going to end up talking a lot with you, yeah. real shortly in this in this conversation because there's a lot of good parallels between golf and tennis, uh, at least in, in power transfer and how you use you know mechanics and momentum to your advantage. Um, and I think a lot of sure. that applies back to shooting in ways that maybe people don't realize and you're you're living proof of that you were you're fast out of the gate and very coordinated so that's very interesting i like this that's uh, huge yeah and understanding your body mechanics is not Mm -hmm. not just how they differ in the different sports but knowing how to read your body and use your body to its potential and know where it holds you back in other areas is pretty pretty key in this sport and it's not something that's the same for everyone number one it's hard to to tell people what it feels like sometimes you can, and I'm, I've never been to one of Shannon's courses, but I got to believe he's really good at describing and, and trying to show people how to execute the fundamentals of marksmanship on the most basic and elemental and fundamental levels. But at some point you have to listen to your body, listen to your rifle, listen to your radical, what your radical is telling you to answer that question for yourself. Do you feel the same way or what, what is your experience with that? Yes, I 100% agree with everything Yeah, y'all just said. I've always been a big feel guy, and it's sometimes tough to kind of put into words when I try to help out newer shooters that are coming up on how I go about something just because I've always, okay, how does this feel? And kind of translate that into shooting a stage and, and just how does this feel? And it's yeah, sometimes difficult to, to put into words, but yeah, I 100% agree with what you just said so i want to i want to dig into this more what uh did you play any other oh excuse me did you play any other sports when you were in um high school besides tennis i briefly played basketball uh funny enough i was a good shooter i was a really good three-point shooter so um that was kind of uh yeah i played basketball briefly but other than that yeah my, my dad played pro tennis uh he wasn't like a top 20 in the world type player but but he was good enough that uh you know me and my brother he just we were kind of forced uh to play tennis you know he was uber competitive family i mean he would he would cheat us and go fish when we were like six uh so (laughs) winning was like winning at all costs was was kind of his his mindset growing up interesting it was uh yeah um but uh yeah. So, so yeah, tennis was basically yeah the main thing, and then and then I just gradually stumbled into golf, and, and yeah, fell in love with that. So I just could not so physically play anymore. When you say you fell in love with golf, um, I'm assuming that means that you did you play in college, high school, neither just for fun in your own personal like club level within you know like a country club, you know club pro type uh, and pro ams and such or what. Yeah, I started. It was, I guess, freshman year of college. Uh, it was just over summer. I started playing, and 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 it was one of those. I, I typically, once I get into something, I just go full in defense. So I, I mean, I played every day from sun up till sundown, and yeah. got pretty good to where after a summer of that, I was I was close to scratch, and then um, I ended up dropping out of college the next year. I just the school just didn't really fit me so so much. So I 
I went for like one full year, just full time. And then had a buddy that, uh, he was the assistant pro at uh, the kind of the country club I played at. And, yep. uh, we went down to Florida and tried to play. And we played on uh, one of the mini tours. It was the golden bear tour back in that day, yeah. which was kind of a right under the nationwide tour back, back then. And, um, yeah, played, uh, I think three or four tournaments down there. And then that's when I kind of, had my back injury and and started yeah realizing i was probably not going to be able to do that at the level i wanted to and then um yeah gradually just stopped playing after that but um yeah i i absolutely loved loved golf so can i ask are you about 40 38 yes i turned 40 I so. uh, last month because you said yep. golden bear tour i'm like that's like 2005 to 2008 2010. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yep, yep, yeah. 2005 uh, was when I went down there. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I mean, that's kind of interesting. I, only because I, so I was in the golf industry from 09 through 18, 18, 19, somewhere in there. 20? No, 20 something. Um, worked for Trackman Golf, and um, but oh, yeah. I grew up learning to play golf. So at around age two, um, I started swinging this tiny little dinky persimmon club that my dad had cut down um it was about a <laughs> foot and a half long and i'd just swat at it for years and i still had that thing up till a couple of years probably 10 years ago then i left at my parents house no idea where it is but um i learned from that and then that translated into high school and golf but the the reason i'm bringing this up is when you mentioned tennis and golf you know both of those sports have something very interesting or they're very unique compared to a lot of sports that we play football um Football, basketball, and a lot of the other sports where you're predominant soccer, where you're running, it requires agility. Yes, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it doesn't require that. And a lot of hand-eye coordination. But the level of hand-eye coordination required in specifically golf, and I can only surmise at least as much as tennis. Probably very um, similar. Is extremely high. The hand-eye coordination is probably in the top 0.1% of all sports because of but maybe like darts and some other things you have to have really high fine motor skills but this requires hand eye tennis and golf both share an attribute of very fine motor skills while outputting as much force as you can right they're very high intensity yes but it's it's a very high speed kinetic environment where you're trans you know translating potential energy to you know stored energy into kinetic energy the most efficient way possible while also a half a degree to a degree of angle change in either the face of your racket, the face of your golf club, you yep. need to know the difference that this is a half degree with a descending blow at this rate versus a half degree with an ascending blow at this rate. They're to to totally different shots or in golf, like 100%. to use an angle of attack in your body position relative to your ball position. Um, the, you know, the way that your hands and arms, the kinetic linkage, as we would call it, you know, in PGA terms, kinetic linkages is a very key term that helps describe the motions and where you start doing something to how you translate that into a result and that sequence is very different for every individual but there's some core fundamentals that come out of it that teach you raw power versus finesse and consistency um i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that part of the reason not only are you so adaptive with a rifle but you're so it's easy for you to get into certain positions and do it very quickly is because of the speed at which you're used to processing information from tennis. Tennis is a very fast game, relatively speaking. I mean, the, what's a serve in tennis? 110, 112 at the like super professional levels, or am I off by 40 miles an hour? Oh no, no, no! I mean, uh, the 
big time professional level is probably 130 to 135 yeah. would be a, a very good <clears throat> first serve. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I never had that capability, but <laughs> yeah. But I could imagine that you know in a in a high speed game where you guys are really coming back and forth, like you have to process not only where you yeah, see something coming at stuff. you. You're making a decision on both where you you see it starting to come, where you you have to extrapolate where you think it's going to go, and then make a decision where you need to be, what type of shot you're going to hit without thinking about it, but also where you want your you know reply so to speak or your next shot to come back so that they're playing an equally difficult shot, right? You don't want them Absolutely. to have or setting them up for something like chess, or you're setting them up for another shot that you know by forcing them you know. If you're already in the back left corner and you're going to put one right back to them, they're more than likely going to go opposite you. Then you can set them up for another transition or a short lob or something simple. Like I wasn't big into tennis at all, um, but I can definitely understand and appreciate the intricacies. Yeah, you would have been very game. good at the strategy. Yeah, the strategy aspect. Yeah, sounds so like let's, you got it down pretty well. Let's hear some words for you, from you. Yeah. We just heard Francis how he assumes that there's connections and similarities. Yeah, I want to hear but, yours. But is there is there anything that you draw and take from tennis to, to tennis shooting sport yeah. to shooting sports and do you think it has allowed you to you know shorten the gap or you know increase the, the speed at which you were able to climb the ladder yeah I think it's definitely helped out Def, you know making the split second decisions and just the movement all that in general but um, yeah the processing info as far as when you get behind the rifle and then you shoot watching it and then you know what do you do on your next shot making the corrections and pretty much that's that's kind of what it's about making those split second decisions and then doing doing on the clock under pressure and um yeah that's how do you handle the pressure is it no big deal for you i love it (laughs) i can tell yeah it's it's obvious (laughs) just watching you shoot is uh it was really surprising like how just you seem like you're just I don't know. You're just laughing the whole time. Like, it's not this serious, stressful situation. And lots of times, even when it is, like, sometimes it's hard to hide whether you actually feel that or not. And I didn't get that impression from you. Like, you're just always on edge and stressed about the next step. Generally, I think it goes back to, you know, my practice regimen. It just, when I feel and and ready, um, then that's kind of... My, my confidence is just so huge with with the shooting and uh yeah going into the finale and everything i just practiced so much i felt good about my data good about everything that's um yeah i really enjoyed yeah the pressure moment so to speak i've obviously came up a little bit short in the uh the finale but that was i never forget shooting that final stage knowing i was like having being able to maybe clean that stage and, and win the golden bullet even i missed a shot i felt really good about the way i shot that i can't say i was nervous or i choked or i blew it i, I just missed a shot but uh man I, I really loved shooting that stage at that time that was uh kind of addicting in a way i yeah, would love yeah. to have another for, opportunity for those listening uh if you're not following what he's saying and you don't know who oh, jeff yeah, is uh he was three went into the finale with 300 points along with four or five other guys correct uh yeah yeah yes. four other guys. so there's yep. four other guys there's yep. five guys at 300 points which means they each won three matches throughout the year including one of them being a qualifier and the golden bullet was won 
and I hate to say this, Jeff, because you missed a shot on the skill stage. <laughs> no, it wasn't just that, yeah. was it? No, because he that did was he kind have of a, a choke. Yeah. Did he have a faster time than you? No, I, my time was going to be better than his. Okay, yeah. So that yeah, was the sadder. I think, in my opinion, that was more sad than you missing a shot on that last stage. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I can't. No offense. I, that last stage, I, I wouldn't have shot it any different. But that that first shot on so, the barricade after Ch- Shannon had come over there and told us hey about guys. it, and I was thinking about that in my head. And as I got down on that first position, I, I knew I was. I was like, why am I so shaky? And then a, a few seconds later, I'm like, what? we got to send this shot with time is ticking. And I just like yanked that. Tr- it was so bad. I'll never forget how bad that shot was. And, oh, so Caruso yeah, still would have won the match if you hit that shot, but then you would have yes, won yeah, the bullet. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, kind of yeah, what I was thinking. I and I, yeah. I just, so, so for everybody listening, like Jeff, it got this number two and the number two black bullet, and it was incredible. He tied for first place in the season, the same exact points as Austin Bushman. So, uh, it is like huge, huge accomplishment. Um, I'm, I'm like stoked to say that uh, I'm proud of you. That was awesome. I, I'm a little bit jealous that you had the opportunity and you're right there. But it's awesome to see somebody that can perform under pressure, and you did it. I mean, you did a hell of a job that match you did a hell of a job all season it's it's been pretty awesome to watch you from afar and then to get to yeah. shoot with you at the fi- at the finale it was it was super awesome i could see oh, i could see by watching you shoot why you've won so many matches oh well i yeah. appreciate it and uh, i certainly a lot of uh, a lot of the things i've just taken from i mean even y'all's podcast i've gotten a lot of little things from y'all a level a rifle level i didn't even use a rifle level till maybe june of this year wow. i just i didn't realize just how important some of those things were weren't like, two of I your wins like, oh. weren't two of your wins before after june no they no, were because he, he has yeah. he had one early like right in the beginning of the year so yeah, maybe we do line. get some credit were you did you really there start putting a level on your gun because we said that it's important no, or no? 100%. okay yeah, yeah. No, sweet i'm 100%. taking some credit then we are yeah no i'm That's just pretty cool yeah, that, it's still it's well awesome yeah, my cleaning techniques. I completely changed my cleaning techniques. I clean my rifle after day one now of, of the, the two-day matches. I never used to do that. Nice. As well as just make sure it's clean going in. Um, Chad, you might appreciate this. I actually, I trimmed my bullets before the finale and staging um, cup this year. Crap. Oh man, here we go Francis again. This is going to be <laughs> this so is... sad. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay, so that that's very interesting to me. I don't think that's why you killed it, but no, uh, I don't think I it think can it's hurt. One of those things that just it made me yeah, just one of those extra mental things that yeah. I've literally done all I can possibly do at this point in time. So yeah, so I, I don't. Yeah, so I'm just trying to go back in time and see if I can pull something out of your brain that you can share with us to give us a a similar impact to the things that we've shared with you. No, just kidding. I I want you to try to think about something the rest of our conversation that you think has been uh, a large influence on you being able to do this so quickly. I mean, you took the course with Shannon. Was there any other training? Was there any other? What is your training? What is your practice? You said you shoot a lot. So how, how often is a lot for you? Yeah, this year I probably shot more than I've had the previous three years combined. I shot like 13, I think, two-day matches, and that wasn't even including the finale and age. So probably 15 two-day type matches this year, and then maybe seven or eight uh, 
maybe even nine or ten one-day matches because I, I enjoy the one-day matches. They're so nice and relaxed. And I've always been a big tinkerer. Uh, it's a terrible habit, but I, yeah. I shoot many different guns, many different cartridges, many different bullets. It's it's a horrible habit, that uh, but that's part of the fun for me. I love just gear and trying new stuff. So uh, I tried to avoid that a little bit this year. And the big two-day matches, I tried to stick to two guns instead of like four yeah um, so on top but, of like uh, 22 to 25 matches throughout the season which is insane uh do, do yeah. you have practice in between that or do you just make sure you have a match yeah, every couple of weeks I do, once we got to like june i was shoot, started shooting so many matches i seemed to just get in a routine and a rhythm that i would maybe do a little bit of dry fire in between then but the matches was basically i think what helped just shooting more matches was what kind of started helping me more and then once i started doing well at the matches then confidence came with that and then it just almost became this big snowball of i just felt so good going into a match that it it just was yeah um big confidence boost there but as far as just yeah my dry fire practice i kind of got a big setup uh in my upstairs i have one of those IDTS kind of uh, training posters and I even made I bought a bunch of posters off Amazon kind of like landscape type posters and almost drew my own little ranges with markers and got some white paint markers and so I just kind of designed designed a bunch of different ranges just so I can have many different stages and I'll just make up stages and I try to make them as hard as I can you know do a lot of holdovers a lot of dialing a lot of moving small targets and various lots of panning and just trying to make my practice as hard as i possibly can so then stages seem a little bit easier once you actually get to a match yeah don't i just had this idea don't tell anyone but what if we made like little diorama type stages that actually had like that were 3d and now you couldn't make them very 3d they could only be like a half inch of, of dimension away it from you look 3d but you yeah. could get them to look 3d how cool would that be if it wasn't just like a poster for dry fire because the light hits that poster and it's just kind of annoying it just it just has I, no I life it. to it but what if we could make yeah. like a one inch deep you know four foot wide landscape like a like a train a, a train set kind of deal you know <laughs> it would be so cool <laughs> I, i'm addicted to dry yeah. fire yeah so I yeah, think uh, I did yeah so much dry fire my last year this year I've done a, a lot as well but last year I especially did yeah I can probably a hundred to one dry fire versus live fire. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like that helped me out quite a bit. So, when was your actual first match? I'm trying to see like was your so you shot 22 matches or so this season? Like, is that double the last season you shot before that or? Prob- yeah, it okay. probably was double the last. So you really season. got like two years um, I think in. I shot yeah, I shot six, I think six matches, including the finale. Um, I shot a few one days as well, but yeah, I didn't shoot nearly as much um, last year or, or especially the year before. I was kind of, I was also trying to find people. Um, that was another thing, just getting like a shooting mentor or some buddies that, that kind of push you. And, yeah. and I got a kind of a few group of people. I know y'all know of Lee Stevens and uh, mm-hmm. Tracy Smith, who was there this weekend. Yep. Me and Tracy, he's like 30 minutes from me, so we'll go. There is a range like an hour from me that opened up not too, too long ago. You, they don't really have any barricades or anything to practice off of, but they do have a lot of steel out to a 1,000 yards, so it's been great as far as verifying data and, and 
that's another thing I've gotten a lot better at. I just feel so much more confident in my data, which is, gosh, that I didn't realize quite how important that was. But Do you that's, apply ballistics, Kestrel? Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, absolutely. Um, let's see. That makes whatever. it a little easier. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so a little bit easier. <laughs> it's, it, so I'm uh, curious on this because there's a couple of things that I wanted to ask. This one, I guess I'll start with this because you just talked about it. Um, learning how to true and keep track of your data. What do you feel was the hardest part about that? And how long was it? I mean, you've been shooting for four years, and then you said you really sort of picked up on how is it how important it is but also that you've been doing it better the last uh you know what year give or take you feel like you yeah what do you think the big change was mainly focusing on one or two bullets and one i mean i had i was shooting a tips i was shooting 109 hybrids 105 hybrids uh, out of dashers bras gts all different speeds and and i just had so many numbers (laughs) in my head that it's like yeah. we got to just trim this down a little bit. So once I just focused on, all right, let's first try the 105 in a dasher at, at mid 28s, and and then I started kind of actually getting some consistency with the data and, and learning the numbers a little bit better what it should be. Um, yeah, and then verifying it, and then that yeah started giving me actual confidence that okay, this this 3.1 that's going to be right. Yeah, um, it's hard to convey that to someone when they, you know, if they're chasing like this year you shoot a dasher, then you switch to something else, then you try a six five Creed, or you're, you have three different calibers. Yeah. One you compete, one you have a heavy recoil. Like, the more you're chasing truing, because I think at least personally, I've kind of been in a similar situation where I had four different calibers between a two two three with a heavy bullet, a light bullet, a thirty odd, a three oh eight, and a six five, and then I started switching into the six mil. So at one period I had five, and I found myself constantly uncertain as to which I could still true, but I was uncertain Mm -hmm. as to what this bullet was going to do because my mind was sort of constantly thinking about, oh, what's changed? And you're kind of thinking, this is changing because I'm on a different caliber, but when realistically it's just, you know, watching the the projectile and knowing that you have a speed, a muzzle velocity, and a BC that's set up correctly, and if those three things are true, you just have to watch your shot, and there might be some differential but it's probably somewhere else in your in your error, like your scope or your fundamentals or some bag or whatever you're doing that's a little bit wonky compared to, you know, somebody else. And it's affecting your data, even though it all says it should be, this should line up, you're at 10th high. Um, as soon as I started just using one rifle, it made it far easier. I have multiple rifles, but within the same caliber. Yes. Now I've just learned, it, Yes. this is what I'm looking for. True it, okay, 2850, it should... This is how it should move over time. Okay, this all makes sense. The wind is this. The wind is that. And it's it declutters your mind. That's the way I felt about it when I started switching to just one caliber for everything, more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Agree in your that. workspace, and yep. like reloading is a lot easier, right? Because you just go, I just need 6 mil 105s or 109s. Pick a bullet. Just buy 5,000 of them. All right, I'll shoot these until they're done. You know, And if they don't work, I'll sell them and then buy something else. Um, and that's easier said than done now. I know the atmosphere isn't easy enough to buy, you know, a thousand or something, let alone 5,000. But um, it does help the more consistently you make things. But if we can, can we touch on one other thing that you talked about that I, you glazed over it? You mentioned that you yep. try to dry fire as hard as you can, meaning making stages that are as hard as you can. And I'm curious, 
what do you, you, it sounds to me like you're saying you try to push the limit of what you think is physically possible when you're training. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. So, so yeah, I'll just make targets as, as small as I can to where I can barely hold it. I mean, it'd be nice to, yeah, actually try to shoot those. I, I guess I could go we to just did. and practice. We just did it. Yeah, yeah, no, just, just did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I, I'm bringing that up because the um, when I started first learning, the very first season I started, I had this kind of gut feeling that speed was important. Not because of speed in the sense of just going fast is useful, but by training fast, like truly, like how fast can you do something? Okay, beat it. How fast can you do it now? Beat it. How fast again? Keep beating it, so to speak. Like the PRS skill stage is really where this sort of set my, my challenge, uh, my goal. <laughs> It was by doing that, I found limits where my brain physically couldn't keep up with my body and vice versa. My body, I could, I could almost, it's like this weird rubber band effect. And I'm guessing that with your background in golf and your background in tennis, that you see, you've seen, or at least experienced similar things in tennis or in competition, uh, in golf where you start trying like good example and you'll, I hope you'll relate to this. So you can swing a driver at say let's i'm guessing you probably hit the ball around 280 to 290 yeah yeah yeah, yeah probably um, i think yeah, so which one, mean, 108 maybe yeah i was going to say 105 to yeah. 112 you know depending on your attack angle so when you you can probably push it up to about 115 when you really got after it maybe even 120 cuz you seem like a pretty flexible guy and generally flexibility helps for speed if you have the right linkage systems well I found that when I was doing that, like, yeah, I could crank it up to 120. I, the fastest that I was ever able to consistently swing was in the high 119 to 125 range. However, I could never control that. Never. Like, not even in a million yep. years. But once you finally got to this, like, 120, this high, high number that's almost impossible to achieve for the average golfer, when you just went, yeah, I'm just going to swing, just hit one, and it, 110 suddenly feels so easy so fluid, very manageable, so manageable yep. that you can just go, Oh yeah, you want it on the left side with a little draw. No problem. Here you go. <laughs> and it's 108 and it blows by everybody in your foursome because they just, they're used to like 105, 106 and they're going after it with a hundred hundred mile an hour swing to 108. And so when they get after it, they're trying to chase you, but they're chasing you from a position of weakness to an extent, right? Because your yes. brain and your body are used to working used to that it's a hundred the different i guess what i'm driving at here is the last one percent effort feels like double the effort whereas if you back off just one two three four percent it feels like you're only putting in 50 percent effort and you get 99 percent of the result and i'm guessing i'm guessing tennis is really the same but i haven't played tennis so i'm curious you know do you find any parallels to that where the faster harder you train uh you see you know beneficial results in output definitely so i I definitely think it, it with golf much more so, but uh, tennis, uh, I'd say a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, if, yeah, you could definitely crank and go after some serves or forehands, backhands, whatever it is, and then when you back it off, it, it definitely seems a little bit, a little bit easier. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I, I'm noticing a lot of cool parallels with a lot of the people in this sport, though, with respect to not only sports but people who generally have been competitive in high school or competitive at Tate Streeter, um, Morgan King, he was at rodeo, right? And he ran rodeo forever. Uh, there's something about competitive shooters and competitive spirits 
that will always try to push to find a new passion and find a new way to compete in an outlet for that. It's also really interesting to hear you talk about, you know, I would really like to hear next time we're together. I want to hear more about like tennis and golf and what you did on the circuit, because it is a totally different mindset to approach something as a hobby than it is to approach something as a hobby that you plan to turn into a career. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'd love to get together. It's it's, it's tough. Y'all are so, (laughs) I don't want to mess up anybody's matches and y'all are so focused that, uh, at the matches, it's like, I'm not even going to go talk to them. I don't want to mess anything up. So yeah, I didn't even hardly talk to y'all probably during the match at the finale or AG cup, but yeah, afterwards or beforehand, it'd be yeah great to chat a little bit. Yeah, man. Well, what matches are you going to next year? Because I might have to avoid those ones. Avoid those ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Just kidding. Uh, we can shoot one together. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything yeah, on the great. schedule already? Uh, I briefly looked at it. I was um, not going to do the loophole, the one in Texas in January, but I for sure was probably going to go back to that MDT, the one, the frostbite, frostbite. one, I guess. That, we love the abuse. Yeah, yeah, gosh, that was brutal. But, um, but yeah, I'll go back there. And then and then Frontline, I think, is the week after that. And um, those were, yeah, I won both of those this year, so I kind of have to go. That apparently seems to be my my range that I that I like for whatever reason. So I'll probably go back to Frontline again after that. And um, I definitely want to go to that B&T since it's at the, that's where the finale, I guess, will be this coming year at the yeah. Fox oh, yeah. Canyon. Tell Have us, shot there? No, not yet. I, I, I was hoping to get no, it on my schedule, it's too. It's on my list as well. Let's back it up since neither one of us know about yep. that match. Let's back it up and talk about Frontline. Have you been there, Francis? No. What can you tell us about that place? Should we go there? It's it's nice. It, it kind of has a K&M type feel where it's just kind of, you know, square range, lanes. Um, he does very, very small targets, so it's... Yeah, pretty much just very small targets, and if you get some wind, you can have some problems. But uh, if, if you don't, then and you got to rifle shoot pretty good, which which I did both times. Yeah. Uh, ninety yeah, seconds. Yeah, that's. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, ninety seconds, pretty much on everything. Um, there were a lot of twelve round stages, so okay. uh, I did know. I think eight or nine of the the twenty. Or there may have only been eighteen seconds. You remember, but maybe that's a lot why of twelve round 12. stages. Yeah. That makes could, sense. Could have been. Yep, could have been. But um, yeah, Anything unique about the I terrain or is it pretty flat? Did you already say that? I can't remember. It was pretty yeah, it was pretty okay. pretty flat. Yeah, right. very flat. Inside the trees but, uh, but yeah, or is a, it wide open like Bomber Run was? No, definitely inside the trees. Okay. So yep. it, it sounds it's, similar yep. to KM like you said. Yeah. Well, cool. man, why don't uh why don't we just leave you with uh how about you give our listeners like maybe two or three tips of what you would do if you had to do it all over again, what would you do, and what would you focus on, from anywhere between would, where you're at now and where you very you're very very new? Your call. Definitely, uh, for a new type person, I think finding someone who is a decent shooter, good shooter, great shooter, regard at least someone that knows what they're doing that can kind of help you along. Pick the right gear to start with you know there's so many great actions chassis stocks just find something you like a lot of that's obviously personal preference but you know get good gear out of the gate pick a cartridge whether gt dash or bra i, I would 
hesitating to go with six millimeter myself, but it, it, I would, yeah, pick that. Um, and then, yeah, just start shooting matches. You can a lot simple. of people. It's, yeah. yeah. So yeah. find and a mentor. Don't be afraid to, to ask questions and, and talk to people. I was, when I first got in, I was pretty shy. I just didn't want to go talk to any of the great shooters. And, and I mean, everyone is usually so welcoming and so helpful, especially in, in a one day club match, uh, jump in a squad with anybody and, and just start asking questions, listen, watch the good shooters. And, and you can really yeah pick up and I think accelerate if you really want to get good pretty quickly. It, really doesn't i mean it takes some hard work but it's pretty doable they're all pretty cool except that uh austin bushman and ben guys that those guys are jerks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah I can't those guys you throw them, clay black yeah. at her in there and you got a bunch of That's sarcastic dudes right there <laughs> yeah it's it was that was oh. fun man i'll never forget that weekend i'm glad i was there congrats to ben gossett again congrats to you congrats to jason green that was incredible match i mean we didn't really talk about it uh yet did we we didn't talk about the ag cup and your experience with it i've been talking about it all day so how how was your first two days like how did you i know you made it in uh in the 10th spot yes so yeah barely i got in uh, that last stage that that was probably my favorite stage to shoot because jennifer came over with the shooter's mindset i was just about to start and I was thinking nine would probably get me in, but wasn't sure. And then she looked and she's like, yo, you need to clean this to get in. I'm like, oh, oh great. I mean, that last that last target we were shooting uh, for people that don't know, it was off of a tire, one position. It was a KYL rack, pretty big the first, I'd say six targets. Uh, yeah, Austin probably thinks that seventh one's very small. But um, yeah. how, many all points, the way down to, uh, how many points did you have in the ahead. season? I was maybe like 289. You, if you missed that shot, then uh, yeah. I would not have made it into exactly. the, into day three. So thank you. Okay. <laughs> so this is funny because you mean you had to clean the to get four in the inch 10. rack off of the tires on the far right side. 745. Up on the 750 yeah. range. Yeah. Up on the 750. Oh yeah, my you gosh. Gotta clean this to get in, and, and yeah, I just loved it. I was like, alright, and I just got laser focused, and I was watching every shot, and it was, that was fun shooting that stage. It so, was a four yeah, inch was, target, for the listeners, there's a four inch target is the last plate on that rack. Mm-hmm. At 750 yards. So, I shot that stage slower than I shot just about every stage that weekend because I also <laughs> felt like, if I don't clean this, I'm probably not getting, I hadn't even looked at the board, I had no idea where I was. Um, and yeah, I mean, we both cleaned it, and there were—I don't think—I don't think there were very many cleans on that. I was going to try to look it up, but I, said, I don't know how to use the new score, the new scoring system, the same way. So, um, practice yeah. score, we could see that pretty easy. But um, I might try to look yeah, that I'm up because I'm not quite sure either. I yeah, bet, I may look that up. I bet too. it's not many. I I'm guessing it was maybe five to ten at most. I, I was going to say probably five to seven, if I had to guess. And yeah, I think a, a lot of rack. those came early before the before the rain. I guess that it's when we shot it but it was still not that's not an easy stage to clean well those first five plate racks were just like gigantor those first five on that yeah first those, plate those rack. were yeah those were chip shots for sure so yeah. it was basically just to watch those good and then yeah just hope for kind of that last one that or last couple especially yeah. my strategy so, was i want to watch the fifth the fifth shot on the first rack so it was pop 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 <laughs> and then the next one's okay 
the last rack told me, and it was like the I slowly slowed down. Right, it was very, it, it was very very intentional to slow down more and more. And then once I saw it on the fourth, I'm like, okay, that sort of the top left kicked high and back, and it flipped towards me, so I'm a little above center and on the left corner. Bang, next shot. It's now we're on like a nine inch or whatever. Okay, that was also straight back and bottom flip towards me. So that confirms I'm a half a tenth to a tenth high. I'm upper center of plate. Favor slightly below center line. Bang, that one swings straight away and no twist. Bang, this one flipped away a little left. Okay, favor right and just below center line. Bang, hit the little one clean. Okay, get the hell out of here. Yeah, <laughs> it was the last stage of the day too. Yeah. All right, so thanks again yep. to Jeff. How do you pronounce um, your last name? It's pronounced Gary, That's as if it was Gary. G-A-R-Y. Yeah, but people keep saying Gary, but yeah, it's it's Jeff Gary. Gary. So Jeff Gary. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about day three then, and then we'll we'll uh, leave you for yeah, the day. Yeah, because day three I thought was a lot. I mean, those first two days I was way too relaxed. I think all the banter and, and talking from everybody, I was way too relaxed, whereas day three I seemed a lot more kind of zoned in. Yep, I, I agree Yep. Yeah, okay. I got to shoot with yeah, you. We were in the the last chance squad, even though you didn't get in the last chance. But, but yeah, we were squatted yeah, the together. The last squad chance two. squad, <laughs> <laughs> the lost boys. I just oh, <laughs> and so it was it was a pretty cool course fire. Um, we we're having a hard time. Francis and I are having a hard time describing it. We want to say it was hard, but it wasn't difficult. Or we want to say it was difficult, yeah. but it wasn't hard. Like there wasn't anything crazy about it. There were a lot of straightforward stages. It, it was. I mean, there were just a couple stages that potentially could could be train wrecks. Uh, that what do you think those two stages one, were? I th- that long range one at uh, the the squares that we yeah. shot far and near. I thought that that had potential to to be a train wreck for for some people. Um, What'd yeah, you get on uh, that? That one was. I got an eight. No, no, seven. I dropped okay. three. Yeah, I dropped. I think yeah, my first one. I. I just went off the – I was a little worried because, yeah, the first three shooters that went ahead of me, they all missed their first two shots. And I, I just kept thinking. I was like, okay, I, I feel like it's probably a, a tenth right, maybe two tenths right. But I felt like that's probably what they thought also. I know, fact, but they didn't. missing. Yeah, they didn't think yeah. that because if you put two tenths on, you would have hit it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I did. That's what we did. I did two tenths right of center just to account for spin drift plus whatever the wind was coming in. I figured it was the three to four tenths wind. Spin drift cuts that in half to two tenths, so it's two tenths. And I what smack, did you smack. start with, Jeff? I ended up starting with three, because, and, and it went just off the right edge, so I okay. immediately went back. I basically went back to where I was one tenth, but then that one went left. Uh, so it just one right off the right edge. Then I just, I guess, slightly overcorrected or just my cone of fire. It just, it just missed the right off the left. And then, um, yeah, corrected for, I went with one tenth right pretty much the rest of the way. And they, they all hit except for, for one miss. I don't even know where those skyline targets. I, I, they're that's hard. Definitely a weakness of mine. I don't know where that one went. Yeah. Um, but that that stage, and then I thought on the uh, urban range, those were all very cleanable. The kind of K and M logos that that went out, those were very small logos. I thought that was potentially if, if your data wasn't absolutely perfect, you could have some struggles there very quickly. And yeah. when we shot it, we shot them second. So the first couple targets that were small, they were shot up, and yeah, it, it was hard to tell because you know they're not circles, but they got those little points. They just they have a deceiving yep. shape. I think they're smaller than they look, and they looked small. I don't know how better to describe it than that. that that's I those, think as, as good head, as you could. 
those head targets look twice the size. They look bigger. Than that. Yeah, yeah, those head targets were. Yeah, as soon as I got down that first position on the head, I was like, okay, yeah, this is this isn't too bad I, at I all. I think you could have fit all of the K and M logos, all of the targets we shot at, on one head and still had room left over <laughs> on the head. Like they they felt so tiny. And I remember, I think you shot that. Did you shoot that first, Jeff? No, the the you, would have, oh, you would have been in the back tail end. I forgot you guys were in the squad behind us, so you shot it after we did, which means they were all shot to heck. Um, I looked at it after just four or five shooters and was having a hard time. It was like camouflage because of the mm-hmm. water, the kind of white, like kind of you know glitzy ground. It was just gravel, it, yeah, dirt it, and gravel. Everything blended in, and I'm like, oh man, there's a T post. I know that top thing looks like a target, but I don't. I mean, they're, they're two tenths. They're only a little over two tenths. I think they were technically three to four tenths, but there were four tenths if you counted the little points. Mm-hmm. If you counted the points. Yeah, they were yep. more like three tenths without that. So you're just at one MOA, maybe even a little smaller on some of these. And I think the third target, if I remember, was the spicy, the spicy one of the group. And it was definitely not three tenths for the meat. And you could easily miss high, and it looks... You can't tell anything. You can miss yeah. left. You can't tell anything. You can miss right. You can't tell anything. You had to just make gut checks. So, mm-hmm. Oof. Yep. Well, yep. you stuck with it, and you won another stage, didn't you? Or no? You won more. Yeah, than I won that uh, that stage thirty, I guess, where it was the first three off the tires. And oh yeah. The, the and you were the first shooter. Scramble thing. Yeah, that was our um, yeah first shooter on yep. on that one, and. Yeah, really, at that point, because I knew I was right there for third. I was more focused on getting hits, but it just um, just so happened, I guess, I went a little quicker than I thought, which, yeah, I should. I, I did not plan to do that. It just kind of happened. Yeah, I was nervous that Ben was going to time out. I wasn't watching the timer, but he just his cadence just seemed so slow and deliberate, was. which was a good thing. But, man, I'm like, get this last shot off. Get this off. I don't want it to beep while your bullet is leaving the barrel. Like, I don't want there to be any question. And we just we talked to him today, and, and it was just it was awesome to see it. It was so cool. I mean, yeah, he said. Was, yeah, so happy for him. He's, he's like, such a great guy that, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, I'll just share one thing. You'll hear it. but yeah. But he's like. Once I got to like this after seven or seven or so stages, he's like, my goal changed. My goal changed from winning the match to cleaning the match. Like he knew, like he would have to really screw up. But, but I can see that. Like, okay, now I have a new goal. Like nothing can stop me. I'm gonna make this happen. And you can think that and say that, but holy cow, what an accomplishment! That's just awesome. I know the three of us sitting here on this call understand how difficult that is. And I mean, we've we've all come close. Have you cleaned a one day match? I came close at uh, Gunline back in sometime in the summer. I've dropped two shots yeah. on one. It was the second to last stage, and yep, that was as close as I've come. We've all been right there, one or two yeah. shots, and it's uh, it's incredible amount of pressure knowing that you could do that, and uh, yeah, just to stick with a, it with everybody yeah, watching. A club, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a club match with a pretty easy course of fire. Cleaning yeah. yesterday, that, that, yeah. That's Wait, you mean to tell me that club yeah. matches have less pressure than the forty best shooters in the world <laughs> with thirty thousand dollars on the line plus 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 on stages? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. But that's why we do it. That's why we do it. Yep. We do it to learn. Cool, man. Is there anything else? You have the mic. So if there's anything else you, any other points you want to make or what do you want to say or whatever. So anything. Well, I just, I got to give, I got to give a quick shout out to Randy Rachel. He's kind of my gunsmith. I I switched to him earlier this year and that was kind of right around where, where things started 
changing for me just having a rifle and a, a gunsmith that i was like 100 percent confident in and, and we just kind of clicked from the get-go he likes to tinker around with stuff too so he'd be sending me a barrel to this try that and uh it's been yeah fun working with him and um yeah his just attention to detail has been been great so i've enjoyed um yep doing stuff with him so i, I gotta at least give him a quick shout out awesome well i haven't met him yet so if we're at a match and he's there you gotta you're gonna have to introduce me i will absolutely introduce you then right. no doubt about it yeah you'll have to come down he's in the mississippi area kind of gun line if you come cool. shoot that yeah magnolia i'm gonna make it down, down there down. for one of those yeah awesome perfect but um yeah, that's that's unless y'all got anything else. No, thanks for yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. It's just so interesting to me to hear yeah. people's background, and and I had no idea you were a tennis tennis instructor, and you know, there's just so many there's so many parallels to all the shooters, just, and there's a lots of ways to get this done, and it all takes a ton of drive, dedication, attention to detail, like all these things. Yep. yep. They cross over into all other areas in life, and it's fascinating to me how how so many people get to this uh this journey through different paths but have like very similar mindset and drive it's really cool i think totally no, agree. I, yeah listening yeah listening to a lot of you your stuff with bushman and, and other people just hearing that i was like wow that's kind of how i think wow that's how <laughs> I think. so it's it's been yeah neat to need to hear all that yeah well you got yeah, my number now yes, so you can I call me and agree more you got my First number. Thing, I got I'll, your number. Uh, I'll so bother you every now and then. Yeah, I sounds may good. Jump on one of those uh, timer off. Oh timer yeah. Timer at some point. Just I'm not quite sold on my. Oh my gosh. I have to shake it. I saw you time out on the tires, and I gave you a hard time. <laughs> because you <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> tell the story. Yeah, you have I didn't to. even start it. Okay. Yeah, it goes off of uh, momentum or inertia when you yeah, shake when you your wrist it. or something. Barrels. Okay. Wasn't it the barrels? Yeah, uh, yes, it was the barrels. Yep, the black barrels. Okay. And he's like, I didn't yeah, even... Yeah, just five black... Yeah, yeah. five black barrels. And, okay, where are you going to... No, I was just going to say right the ahead. story because you weren't saying it. <laughs> go ahead and tell Okay, me. sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it was just five black barrels and two shots. It was a near to far... Uh, was it Prairie Dogs? Or, um, I'm not even sure what the target what was. was the, uh, at this? It, yeah, it doesn't matter. No, it was squares. No, it wasn't Prairie Dogs. Squares, squares right, or yeah. diamonds, I forget, but I think it was... I think yeah. it was squares. But, uh, yeah, two, we, I guess, had three of the barrels that were kind of upright, and then two of them were, were kind of laid over, and I was just going to I moved my bipod back a fair amount, and I started and just went up to the first one, and I was I was pretty slow, pretty casual, but I wasn't even thinking about timing out, and I got to the last position. There was a, first of all, there was a banner hanging above kind of the, the thing there, and every time I lifted up my rifle to move, I got my barrel stuck in this banner so hmm. I'm, I'm losing time there but it really didn't seem like i was losing that much but long story short i got to the last position and shot the first one and, and i'm about to get the next one off and the, the time and I was like what and I, I looked at my watch and i never even started my timer the, the thing i do love about that timer is that it gives me an audible 10 second countdown and that's the, the biggest thing so when i get to that last position i get 10 9 8 yeah. Those, I can really focus on those last two shots, and, and that's more what I like about it is I don't have to rush my last shot or two thinking, oh, gosh, am I about to time out? And, um, but it certainly cost me there because I didn't even start it. 
Yeah, that's tough. I, I do a similar thing with my timer. I think Francis does the same. I yeah. set mine like five seconds short, and it starts beeping when I have five seconds left. And the difference, though, is that I can check out of the corner of my eye and make sure that mine's incrementing throughout yep. the course of the fire. And most of the time I don't look at it because, you know, when you're running a pace that allows you to get through the course fire yes. and when you need to stress. And I, I don't look at the timer much anymore unless I want to slow down or unless I have an event during the stage that is stressful that says, okay, I've burned five or ten seconds uh, navigating this issue, whether it's bipod height or magazine jam or something. And I, I, I want to know, do I really need to turn on the burners or do I, and I, am I okay? You know, and I'll glance at it. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. guessing you have a similar mindset when you're either when you're transitioning or whatever, you can roll your wrist and look at it. But like you said, if you never questioned yeah, the time, you never it, looked at yeah. it. Yeah, it usually vibrates real quick at 20 seconds, and I, I just didn't even notice. I think that goes back to where those first two days just seemed a little more relaxed, that I was just not quite as focused as I needed to be. I, I only loaded nine rounds in a mag twice which is just it is just unforgivable at this i level saw you make those that hot swap on one cool. of them i'm like what is he doing yeah but it didn't cost you yeah. anything it didn't, didn't except pride. Practice. but it's certainly good. it certainly pride. could have <laughs> yeah yeah pride yeah. for sure i mean to well be that's still better than then just ridiculous but, that's still better yeah. than bushman yeah. timing out at the finale on one stage because he put 11 rounds in this <sighs> mag instead of 12 which yep would have got yeah, him so, the match. Yeah, so yeah, had he done that, yeah, I, I wouldn't have even had a chance to, to shoot for the golden bullet had he done that. So yeah, but we can't but, say what if because then what if you missed another shot and oh, you weren't even up in yeah, there? You know, everything. I don't like to question no. anything that happens. I mean, it's no, it's no, hard to say. Barricade, yeah, that barricade shot I missed that I think was what propelled me to actually shoot clean up until that last shot i missed because it Perfect. just got me into I motivation was so mad all yeah. right yeah exactly so, yeah it's hard to say yeah, i'm I mean, with you there i won my first match at collis that was the collis match a year and a half ago and i missed a shot on the skill stage and i thought the same thing i thought there's eight stages left and i'm I, i'm this is the one point i'm gonna want back i'm not gonna miss any more shots you know and that's kind of what fueled me yep. so you never know you never know how the outcome could have yep. been different if you would have done something differently <laughs> Besides, you can leave You're the twenty-five good. second barricades to me, and then yep. I'll do. You do all the other stuff. I'll just do the twenty-five I know, I second was, barricades. I, I was call. <laughs> I almost couldn't even call quick enough when you were running that. That was yeah. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I did I, so you it. were so you were on glass. So did I? Did I use all the plate? Uh you used a good bit of it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was yeah, a good plate. Good. All right, but it was the middle. It was the middle good bit of it. I know there are a couple that should have been the middle, the the edge of his probably three quarters of it. Three quarters of the plate. Yeah. 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 All right. So I could have done it on a one and a half MOA. Yeah. 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 If it was a couple inches, yeah. If it was an eight inch, I think you still clean it. Ah, That's good enough. That's awesome. All right. All right, man. We're getting close to our, yeah. No, no. We're just getting close to needing to take a a pit stop here. (laughs) That's what we're thinking about. Absolutely. All right, man. Awesome talking to you. Awesome shooting all year. Awesome finish at the AG Cup. You got the third place cup, and that is there's only a few of those out there, as as Tom said. So that's super awesome. You should be real proud yeah, of that whole year. Yeah, it's a much year. better size. That that first place was so big. It's this way one. too big. Trust me. The wife doesn't <laughs> like it. The wife doesn't like it. Oh, that's great. That's a way better size. All right, man. Let's shoot together yeah. soon. All right. Talk Absolutely. to you. Hey, appreciate it. Talk awesome. to y'all later. See you, man. All right. See you.